Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hello. Good evening. Praise the Lord, Sister Terry. Praise the Lord. How are you? I'm blessed. I'm okay. Thank you. How are you this this afternoon? I'm good, ma'am. I'm good. Good, good. You sound great. You sound great. We're the only two on, huh? Um, no, ma'am. There are some other people on, but we're just waiting. It's not quite 7 o'clock yet, so I'm just giving everybody a few minutes to get on the call before we get started. Oh, I was just going to speak to everyone. That's fine. You had a nice day today? Yes. Good, good. I'm getting ready to go for to visit my daughter in California this week, so I won't be in church, but uh, my heart is going to be there. And... Uh, I'm looking forward to a nice Mother's Day, and I'm wishing you a Mother's Day now. Have a nice one. Thank you. Chance to wish to you later, okay? All right. You're welcome. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, woman of God? I'm blessed. How about yourself? The same. We're going to give it a few more minutes, and then I'll take prayer requests, and then I'll turn the call over to you. All righty then. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our monthly Bible study for Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated. Before we get started, are there any outspoken prayer requests at this time? For my grandson, Prince Jackson V, that he will find a job, God will open the door for him, and that uh, it will be a job that's suitable for his need. Now. I'm right. Anyone else? Any outspoken prayer requests? Um, I ask that you um, keep the low family in your prayers and the death that they had um, of their little grandson. He was seven months old, so please keep them in prayer. Please keep the Cheek family in your prayer. They're experiencing some 
health challenges, but we know that God is more than able Amen. to do that. Any other outspoken prayer requests at this time? If not, let us go before the Lord. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you, first of all, just to tell you thank you. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for the things that you've done. Thank you for the things that you have done for us, both seen and unseen. Lord, we thank you for protecting us from dangers, those that we are aware of and those that we were not. As we go forth today, God, you heard the prayer request. We ask that you open the door for that young man and let him find a job. That is his assignment, because when you give us a job, we know that it becomes our assignment. So we ask that you let him find the right job, God, to meet the skills and the talents that you have blessed him with. God, we ask that you to continue to keep the low family uplifted, God, in their time, and continue to encourage them as they go through this. Lord, we ask that you just touch the Cheeks family. We know that you are a healer, God. We know that you can touch both husband and wife from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, that you can be a wonderful healer, deliverer of all things. As we go forth in this Bible study tonight, I ask that you just bless this woman of God as she brings forth the word of God, that she gives us tools that we can use once we get off this phone to carry on in this life, that this thing that we call life, and that we can continue to be warriors and soldiers for you on the battlefield. These things I pray in your most precious and holy name. I will now turn the Bible study over to our teacher tonight. She is a woman of God that loves the Lord, and it is into your hands, uh, Sora Deloney. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I greet everybody on this line tonight in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by saying, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, We're going to delve into the Word tonight. There are going to be a lot of scriptures, so get your paper and your pens handy that you can. We can't read all of the scriptures, but in your spare time, you'll be able to go back and and meditate and read these scriptures, and they will be a blessing unto you. Our uh, scripture lesson on tonight is found in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, and I will read that, reading from the new NIV. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Eudea and Synthesy to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Our focus verse is found in verse 7. And that says, let's see, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Our theme for this month is kept by the peace of God. Now, knowing truth 
the truth of God's word brings with it not only a deep, settled peace, but also the responsibility to do something with it. We cannot be just hearers of the word, but we have to be doers as well. Now, the actions of Jesus Christ gave us a wonderful definition of peace, saints. If you would turn in your, into your Bibles in Mark 4 and 39. Mark 4 and 39. And what it says, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Great tranquility resulted because the Prince of Peace was present. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can calm any storm, no matter how great the wind or the waves are. Now, when Mark penned this uh, in his book, he was letting us know that when Jesus speaks to calm the storm, he's indicating that Jesus is addressing more than a meteorological force, but a being that's behind this force. When Jesus commands the sea, peace be still, the Greek phrase means to be muzzled or gagged, as though the storm were a maniac that had to be bound and restrained. Now, on the other hand, another form of peace, saints, that Christ provides is of a greater power. Sometimes, he doesn't even calm our storms, but he calms us while we're in the midst of the storm. Let's see what John 16 and 33 has to say about this. Jesus stated, These things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, I hope you all noticed that Jesus said, in me, in him, because he is the Prince of Peace. Not being in Jesus is taking your chances on what you think peace is. The world has happiness, but not peace. Happiness is temp can be temporary because whatever it took, saints, to make make a person happy, when that thing is no longer there or that person is no longer there, then they're not happy. They are what? Unhappy. But the peace of God is permanent. Now, one such catastrophic and devastating event where peace was disturbed was on that fateful day of September the 11th in the cities of New York and Washington, D.C., and rural Pennsylvania. Many people did not even understand that a, a religious war was openly declared that day. Now, in the spirit realm, this war has been going on since God expelled Lucifer from heaven for disturbing the peace through his self-will and rebellion. Amen? Amen. He has been causing, and that means he, the enemy, has been causing turmoil in our lives ever since that time. But in Jesus, you all, we can experience peace in the midst of the storm. And the interesting thing about September 11th, was that the United Nations had scheduled Tuesday, September the 11th, 2001, to be declared the International Day of Peace. Now, isn't that something? They did this not even knowing that skyjackers would commandeer four jumbo jets and use them as guided missiles for the destruction of thousands of human lives and property. Now, you might ask the question, what does the Bible say about peace? Peace is literally something everyone wants, but very few people seem to find it. So, 
you might say, well, what is peace? It can be defined as tranquility, harmony, or security. It all depends on whatever situation that we find ourselves in. To some, it could mean prosperity or well-being. 429 times in the King James Version of the Bible, you can find the word peace. But there are all different kinds of peace, including false peace, inner peace, peace with God, and peace with man. Now, in the Old Testament, the primary Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and it refers to relationships between people. And you can find that in Genesis 34 and 21. Peace is directly related to the action and attitude of individuals, but it ultimately is a gift from God. And that can be found in Isaiah 45 and 7. The presence of peace indicates God's blessing on man's obedience. I'll say that again. The presence of peace indicates God's blessing on man's obedience and his faith. And those scriptures are Isaiah 32, 17 and Isaiah 26 and 3. Isaiah 48:22 lets us know there is no peace for the wicked. And see, this is where that false peace comes in, people of God. The wicked think that they have peace because they have money, they they have all kinds of things, they have everything they want. But remember I said happiness is not peace. Because if all those things are taken from the wicked, they would be unhappy. Now, what did David say? He said he was envious of the wicked because they, they, he thought that they had so much more than he did. But he said, but when he got to the house of God and he saw their end, he didn't envy them anymore. As valuable as peace is, it is not surprising to find that it's sometimes counterfeited. Empty promises of peace can be used to manipulate other people. Deceitful men speak words of peace while secretly planning evil. Let's turn to Obadiah 1 and 7 in our Bibles. Obadiah 1 and 7. I know that's not a very familiar book, but it's in there. Amen. <laughs> okay, Obadiah 1 and 7 says, All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. You won't even know it. You'll be believing that that when they speak these words of peace to you, that's what they mean. But it says in, in the last days, and we are living in the last days, you all, the Antichrist will confirm a treaty producing a temporary peace, which he will then abruptly shatter as he reveals his true colors. Mm-hmm. That's in Daniel 9.27. False teachers proclaim peace when God is actually proclaiming judgment. In Jeremiah's day, the religious leaders dealt only with the symptoms of the national problems without addressing the sinful root of the crisis. These false prophets will declare everything, like in days of old, told them that everything between God and Israel was well, and they cried, peace, peace. But there was no real peace, Jeremiah 6.14. Now, in the New Testament, the primary Greek word for peace is irene. That's E-I-R-E-N-E. And it refers to rest and tranquility. He, God, the Lord, is called the Lord of peace. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 3.16. 
2 Thessalonians 3.16. And what that says, Paul is talking to the Thessalonians, his final greeting. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. And since he is the prince of peace, he's given us peace 24-7. It's up to us as believers to trust in that peace that God has given us and grab a hold to it. God commands us to seek peace. And that's in Psalm 34 and 14. We should make every effort, saints, to do what leads to peace. There's going to always be somebody that do not desire peace, but it's up to us to still do our utmost to be at peace with them. And that's in Romans 12, 18. Now, we're going to get into a little sticky stuff right about now. Peace in the church. Amen. But it's got to be addressed. Not only are we to have peace in our personal lives, but as believers, we are to have peace in the church. Yes, Lord. Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. And how many know that they've heard of church mess? Amen. If you're a believer and you're in anybody's church, it's some mess in there. Well... Reason I say that is because the the Bible, Jesus said, let the wheat and the tare grow up together, and He'll do the separating. Is that not right? That's right. Next, maintaining harmony as fellow Christians. In his first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul told them, he said, "But God has called us to peace." First Corinthians seven fifteen. In verse 17 of the same chapter, he added that he taught the same principles in all the churches. Evidence of of what Paul just said is found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians church. Let us read that. And that's in Ephesians 1 and 3. Ephesians 1 and 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He pre- in his sight. Amen. Amen. That was one and one, two, three. Now we're going to read four, one through three. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So this in this fourth chapter of Ephesians, they're talking about maturity in the body of Christ. You know, when we first get saved, we might be uh, drinking milk, like Paul said, but at some point in time, we should be able to eat the meat of the word. And as we eat the meat of the word, then we grow, and things we reacted to in a negative way in our past We don't react that way anymore. We do everything that is within us to maintain peace with our fellow brother and sister. To properly maintain peace and harmony among members of the body of Christ, 
there must be submission and obedience to the head of the body, and that's Jesus Christ. A person's foot has no conflict with his hand when there is coordination with the brain. Likewise, the ear has no conflict with the eye due to their both being connected to one administrative source, and that's Jesus Christ. If every member in the church is connected to the head, Jesus Christ, and is in proper submission to pastoral authority, all can function properly in a peaceful and harmonious atmosphere. We're talking about being kept by the peace of Christ, you all. Amen. Now, did somebody want to say something? No disagreeing. Now, in verse 2, two sisters who were leaders in the church in Philippi, Euodius and Sentity, they had a problem going on between themselves. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting along. They call, and this caused the Apostle Paul to say to them, I plead with you, Euodius and Sentity, to be of the same man in the Lord. Yes, yes. It's got to be in the Lord because the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's me. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. So we still have our physical body but our mind has been changed once we have been converted and accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yes, yes. Now, godly individuals, we got to be on guard against the enemy at all times. Because concerning our influence among other members of the body of Christ, because the enemy is just doing what he was created to do. Start confusion, and he will. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, the Bible says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Yes, yes. And then we, we, we run over to Romans 12 and 18, where it says, If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, saints. And I know we all know somebody that makes it almost seem like that's an impossible statement. Amen. But because we're in Christ and we have the mind of Christ, we can do it. Evil, even with those that don't want peace. Next, we're going to talk about peace in the heart. The kingdom of God is not just church socials, cookouts, or barbecues. While these things, surely they're enjoyable to us, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit should characterize every church activity and gathering. And this can only result when each individual experiences a personal peace in their heart. Peace by doing. Remember I said we cannot be just hearers of the word, but we have to be doers. A person who has the peace of God in his heart and mind will manifest that same peace in his attitude toward others. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty four. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Therefore, the heart is the incubator of our actions and our attitudes. Amen. So if we got a bad attitude and bad actions, it's just going to be like little chicks in an incubator, getting strong, growing, taking root. So when they open their mouth, or even by their actions, you can see what kind of peace they don't want. 
If a person fosters a heart that is at peace with God and himself, his action will automatically reveal search. The psalmist uh, told us in Psalms 37 and 37, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, emanated peace everywhere he went. His words and his actions were the products of peace that was deep within. However, on one occasion, he wept over Jerusalem. He said in in Luke 19.42, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. And what Jesus was talking about when he told, told his people that he, he came to bring them peace, but they couldn't even see his purpose. Just like Jerusalem was spiritually blind to, to his purpose, so is the under, understanding of this troubled world because we know they walk in darkness. It's up to us to show the light of Jesus, the Christ. Individuals will only experience the peace of God after they have received the true enlightenment in Jesus Christ. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 39. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 And it says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be the members of your own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Jesus is apparent a purpose in giving peace to individuals seems to be in opposition to this statement in these verses. For a long time, I was like, but if you're the prince of peace and you say you didn't come to bring peace to the earth, it was just crazy. <laughs> uh, and where he says, this, I'm sending a sword instead of peace may at first glance uh, appear to be paradoxical. You know, in other words, this is contrary to what Jesus taught about peace. But what he's simply saying is that the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, brings division between individuals, the saved and the unsaved. Hebrews 4 and 12 gives insight to this principle, for it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, excuse me, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So Jesus didn't come to say, you know, uh, you should fall out with your relatives or not have nothing to do with them. But what he's saying is when the two different spirits, come in contact with each other, it's going to cause a problem. When a person submits to the truth and the principles of the Bible, the peace of God will follow. However, when one does so, divisions may result in his family, his circle of friends, or even in his relationships. Even though this division may occur, we as children of God can still experience the peace of God in our heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Now, I wonder who else besides me have a family or friends that turn away from us once we we became a believer and got saved and accepted Christ as our personal Savior. Yes. Everybody in our family just fall in love with us 
and tell us they were so happy that we found Jesus. Absolutely not. Be joyful in the Lord. Paul wrote, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to me, to you, to me indeed, is is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Philippians 3 and 1. For some, hearing the same things continually from the pastor become quite boring sometimes. People will say, oh, the oh, this sermon was boring. Oh, it was church was boring. Paul, however, encouraged the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord, even though they had heard the same truth many times. Saints, we must always remember that the truth of God's word never changes. I said it never changes. Every child of God can greatly rejoice in consistency, reliability, and trustworthiness of the word of God. Yes, Lord. Verse 6 tells us in our lesson on tonight, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. Yes. Saints, worry and anxiety are among the leading causes of illness in America. Paul exhorted the Philippians to be anxious about nothing. Because, you know what? Worrying and anxiousness steals our peace. During our tests and trials, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your anxiety on him, Jesus, because he cares for us. We are to bring every thought, cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when the enemy comes and try to disturb our peace, we have to give him the word. That's the only thing he understands. If anyone in this world should be filled with thanksgiving, it should be the born-again people of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Even though we might be in a storm, saints, and I might be talking to somebody that's in some kind of storm, the believer can still find something to be thankful for. Because an attitude of gratitude always brings peace. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Not just peace, but perfect peace. And that's the perfect peace of Christ, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Question, how can one be kept by the peace of God? If he or she has never experienced the peace of God, in order for a person to experience the peace of God, he must have an encounter with the Prince of Peace through the new birth, repentance, and the peace process and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The world will continue to have wars and interpersonal conflicts until Jesus comes, you all, to establish true and lasting peace. But God will give his peace to those who trust in him. Trust and peace go together. Because you can't believe in anybody that will give you peace if you don't trust that they'll do what they say. That Jesus took the chastisement of our peace and has made it possible for us to have peace with God. Once his peace rules in our hearts, saints, we are able to share that peace with others, and we become publishers of peace, Isaiah 52.7, and ministers of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.18. And before I close on tonight, I just want to share with everybody something the Lord gave me while I was studying and doing this lesson, and prayerfully It will come up in your mind, your heart, and your spirit during the times that it might seem hard and I don't feel Jesus, where is the Prince of Peace at? And it's really an acronym for the word peace. 
Pray. E. Each day. A. And. C. Cast our cares on our E. Eternal Father, Jesus Christ. And that is peace. When we do this, we will be kept by the peace of God. God bless you all. I pray that something was said that will bless you, that you can regurgitate at a later day, and know that God, the Prince of Peace, is always near 24-7. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that very inspiring word on today about the peace of God and being steadfast and all that he does for us. Is there anyone that has any comments or questions? Please feel free at this time. I'd just like to say that the hurt message, thank you, uh, Evangelist Deloney, for that beautiful message uh, because peace is the key of knowing who God really is. If we trust him, and be obedient according to the word of God. He will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. And will not understand why you're not upset, why you you have uh, uh, even the, the quiet and calmness in you, even during death as the low family. They showed their peace with God. Yeah. They really, really, really did. And I just thank God that that was just a blessing even to see that, how much peace they had and experienced even during that storm. And so I just thank you for that. That was so good. That was really good. God bless you with your ministry going forward. Amen. 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 All right. Anyone else? Any comments, questions? Praise the Lord. This is Sister Pat. Um Everything was awesome as as usual. I just wanted one thing to be um, clarified for me, and that's when you said that God came to bring um, a sword between the mother and a daughter and, and family. So you're saying that that sword represents the saved and the unsaved? It, it it represents, yeah, the the sword is the word of God. It, it, it is the word of God. So mm-hmm. uh, basically what the Lord was saying was that word is going to do the separating because those that are unsaved, um, they're not going to obey the word. And right. that comes in conflict with the believer. Hmm. You know, he's, like I said, he's not saying that we shouldn't have anything to do with our unsaved loved one, but there is going to be conflict somewhere in that relationship because, say, like if we go to family reunions or something like that and they're drinking, smoking, cursing, and doing all manner of things, that is going to upset our spirit. Right, right. You know, so there's the conflict right there. Anytime you have the spirit from two different fathers, it's going to be a conflict. God is is the believer's father, and Satan is, 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 you know, we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. See, and mm. some people have a problem with that, but that's, that's, that's the truth. Amen. So we become his children when we uh, repent of our sins. And we accept him as our Savior. Yes, he created us and he loves the whole world. That's why he died. That's why the scripture said he don't wish any should, should perish, but that all should be saved. So when when he made that statement in the, in the word and he was saying he didn't come to bring peace but a sword, so representing the word of God. And amen. Does that clear it up for you, Sister Pat? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. All righty then. <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Questions, comments? Oh, I have one. Um, can you spell that 
Word again for me, the one that was like recheck, uh, uh, Irene, I can't remember what. Oh, in the New Testament, the Greek word for peace. Yes, ma'am. It's E is in Edward, I, R is in Robert, E is in Edward, N is in Nancy, E is in Edward. Thank you. And that and that refers to rest and tranquility. But in the Old Testament, the he see this is a Greek word. The Hebrew word for peace in the Old Testament is shalom. But it's it's basically the relationship between people, okay. nation, people, nation, and nations, and God with men. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Make sure I had that spell right. Read all those scriptures. I'd really like to give scriptures for every statement that's made, but it was just too many of them. Okay. But, you know, I'm a script. I'm I'm a word person, so. So that word is E R E N E. No, E like Edward. I like Ida. I okay. R like Robert. E is in Edward. N is in Nancy. E is in Edward, and that is a Greek word. Okay. Thank you. Mhm. All right. Was there any other questions, comments? If not, we thank you for... Joining. Oh, let me just get... Did everybody get the acronym for PEACE? Yes, I got it. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. All right. Okay. We, we thank everyone for joining us for this um, evening with our um, Bible study. We enjoyed... The word of God that we received from um, the woman of God and the words that she brought forth for us um, today. And as always, I say make sure that you join us again. Our next Bible study is going to be in June. Um, so please, the second Thursday of the month, 7 um Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, and we look forward for you joining us again. Everybody have a blessed evening. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. Good night.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.